This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. All right. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. This is Dr. Holly Lucille. You are listening to the podcast Mindful Medicine, just trying to help you wake up, use your own mind so you can make great choices for you and your family when it comes to your health and wellness. I am so, you have to listen in. The subject for today's podcast is self-sabotage. Uh-huh. I knew I would get your attention. Let me tell you something. I've got this incredible guest. I'm going to bring him on in just a second. But you have heard me say over and over again that I have been amazed in the last really few years that there is so much information out there now more than ever about how you can be happy and wealthy and healthy and full of life and love and all of that stuff. I mean, there's tweets and posts and there's wearables. I mean, there's so much information. What has gotten my attention is that I'm wondering what we're doing with it because our chronic health issues continue to be on the rise. But even worse, in my practice and in my daily life, I see people struggling to just meet their most simplest healthcare goals, whether it is, um, well, first of all, even wanting to have a better attitude or wanting to lose a little bit of weight or wanting to decrease their um, cholesterol numbers a bit. I mean, can't even pull it together to do that. And so I've always scratched my head or I've been scratching my head lately and like, hey, what is going on? Well, part of it, I have to uh, uh, believe that it might have to do a little bit with self-sabotage, and we're going to learn so much more about that. I've got Mike Bundrant with me. He is a feature blogger on psychcentral.com, as well as author of the book, Your Achilles Eel, Discover and Overcome the Hidden Cause of Negative Emotions, Bad Decisions, and Self-Sabotage. Mike, thanks so much for being here. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on, Dr. Lucille. We have got to talk about this because I do believe that there is a lot of information out there for people to take in uh, and help them uh, meet their goals, whatever they might be in life. But alas, I don't see it happening. Talk to me about self-sabotage a little bit. Sure. Um, I, listening to your intro, I'm sitting here going, yep, 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 because there is so much information out there. And I would suggest that most people know so many positive things that they could do, myself included, of course. We know so much that we could, right, that we could do that we're not applying. Sure. Right? I mean... And I would, I, was, I would also argue that there are things that we should stop doing <laughs> that we oh, are not stopping doing. <laughs> absolutely. We could all write a list of 10 things right now that sure. uh, we should stop doing and that we could be doing in order to make improvements. It's like we don't need more um, information necessarily, although it's always good. But uh, sure. most of us don't need more information on what to do or stop doing. We need the motivation to do it. We need to get out of our own way and uh, stop the self-sabotage, which is a drive towards the very things that aren't good for us. That's the thing that's really kind of we have to wrap our mind around. Uh, self-sabotage is a drive toward something negative, and yeah. we really have to come to terms with that if we're going to overcome it. I, I love that you say that um, because I worry about this for folks a lot, and I'll tell you why. And, you know, myself included, um, my personal experience, but I see it all the time in my practice. This dr- So self-sabotage, the drive towards something negative, 
And then when people experience negativity in that way, when they don't have a good tolerance for it, this, I think, turns into a very deep, dark, uh, vicious cycle at times. And it's hard to get out of because um, the self-sabotage, then the guilt and the shame, and then it all just kind of can't get out of it. It's a vicious um, cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about the good news, bad news, and worse news. Um, Talk to, tell me about that. Good news, bad news, and worse news. Yeah, well, you said, well, well, the bad news, your chronic complaints and limitations in life are 99% likely to be self-sabotage in disguise. Yeah, um, I, that's absolutely true. And self-sabotage is um, really kind of a, in terms of the mental health aspect of it, it, it really happens on two levels. There's what we're consciously aware of. Mm. And then there's the unconscious phenomena, and there's you know fascinating research on the power of unconscious phenomena, such as you know 95% of our decisions are made unconsciously, and we become aware of them only after the fact. We've we become aware of what we've decided to do consciously right. after the decision is made, and so much happens at an unconscious level, and so. Uh, with self-sabotage, it's as if some part of us has developed this really high tolerance, uh, almost like an unconscious preference for something that we consciously consider to be negative or miserable or what have you. Um, and there's a lot of common sayings about it that reflect self-sabotage, such as stick with the devil that you know kind of right. thing. Um, when we uh, sort of are born and we grow up and we experience negativity as everybody does, regardless of how your parents were, uh, good parents, bad parents. Of course, bad parents, it's much worse. But we we end up, uh, most of us, having a, a pattern, a certain pattern of rejection or disappointment or sense of being controlled or neglected or what have you. And as those experiences build... And we're repressing them, consciously trying to avoid them, but we also develop a really high tolerance for them. They become familiar, very familiar to us. And there's a the unconscious mind operates so um, wow. much on familiarity that unconsciously we end up seeking out what's familiar. I say to people all the time, most people would choose a familiar misery over a foreign happiness. Uh, We really do stick with the devil that we know. And so we set these really positive goals or we get this great app on developing positive habits or fitness or what have you. And we start to move toward them. There's a part of us that just doesn't want that. There's a part of us that's like, you know what? Um, You know, I don't know what that is or what that's about. I've always been rejection material or I've always lived in a state of deprivation. And we're really committed to that, even though consciously it seems absurd or doesn't make any sense. Unconsciously, we're driven toward it. And so we quit, we give up, we are non-compliant with our uh, treatment plan or or what have you. And it happens. That's what happens. Mike, I mean, it's such great information. And I'm sure people are listening to you going, you've got to be kidding me. But I, I can tell you it's true in that it's so important for folks to understand that these 
decisions, you said 95% are made kind of unconscious and driven mm -hmm. by the familiarity. And if you don't dig deeper into those things that are unconscious, you'll never be able to pull them into the consciousness and work better as an adult in your life. You'll still just be living out sort of unconscious pre-programmed things that you picked up along the way. And like you said, parents, whether good or bad, obviously if they're bad, it's a worst case scenario a worser case scenario, but right. it, it, people are probably seriously shaking their head because what, you know, you know, I'd rather have this familiar misery than this foreign happiness. Um, it, it sounds crazy because I know a lot of people that want to bust out and just be happier and then, then they are, and also quit doing and just repeating that whole thing where it's like, you know, what's the definition of insanity? It's just like, you know, you just do right. what you've always done and you're going to get what you've always gotten and not understanding that. So, how are you seeing that self-sabotage affects decisions uh, around health for folks? Well, I can, I can give you the most potent example that I can think of from my own life, which is why I, uh, 10, 10 plus years ago, why I started to really explore this issue um, was with my own father. He was a non-compliant diabetic. And for years mm. and years and years, he simply would not comply with medical advice. Diabetes raging out of control, still wouldn't comply, developed the ulcerations on his feet. And as he went through the last year of his life, from having his toes amputated to his foot amputated to oh. both legs amputated above the knee, to ultimately dying as a result of it, uh, you know, those people, those of us who have witnessed this the carnage of diabetes when it decides to take you it's it's horrific and um this really uh, the the pattern of self-sabotage um took his life it's a life or death issue when it comes right down yeah. to it um and really if you think about it on a primal level sticking with what's familiar to us even if it's misery is kind of a it's a primal life or death uh, kind of issue um, when it comes to that kind of thing. It's like if something's foreign to me, I don't know if it's safe. But what's familiar, I've been dealing with this my whole life, and therefore I'm I, I I'm going to keep dealing with it. Right? Um, it's I mean that's really the worst news in terms of you know good, bad, and worse. The worst news of all is that self sabotage can kill you. And we we really got to take it seriously. So when I talk with people about how do you deal with self-sabotage, the first and foremost step is to be aware and be honest. And so if I say, um, you know, I've got this goal, I've got this fitness goal, and I really want it, but over the last several years I haven't been able to stick with it, then I'm missing a huge piece of self-awareness. It needs to be something like, I have this fitness goal, I really want it, and I'm also driven toward obesity. I'm also driven toward the misery of being uncomfortable in my body. I'm also driven toward shame or wow. humiliation or, you know, being a social outcast, being the joke of the party. I'm also driven toward these things, and I've got to look at why. I've got to look at how I do that, how I see the world in such a way that I'm unconsciously uh, preferring and creating this, this pattern of self-sabotage. We have to look at it because otherwise we have no choice about it. It's running on autopilot outside of conscious awareness. It is impossible to make any choice 
about something that you're not consciously aware of. All right. So this is such incredible information. All right. I want, I want that. So, okay. Problem. We've got it. And I think a lot of people can resonate with what you're saying and they're probably in their cars or listening going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What are some signs that people can know that they are indeed self-sabotaging? And, and, and my biggest question for you, Mike, is how can we help folks overcome it? Okay. Uh, signs uh, that you are self-sabotaging is you have to look at two things uh, that don't include what you're consciously thinking, because consciously we're telling ourselves, we're deceiving ourselves all the time about this. But one, look at your behavior, and then look at the results of your behavior. And so if we stick with you know the idea of being on a diet, um, and you're breaking your diet all the time, look look at that behavior. It's not your intention consciously, but look at the behavior. I go on a diet, I break the diet, then look at the results of that behavior. And so what are the results? Well, I go on a diet, I break the diet, I binge or uh, or what have you, and then I end up feeling guilty, ashamed, miserable, un- you know, unacceptable, uh, really down on myself as if I'm not a good person. So look at the be- look at your behavior and look at your results and if your behavior leads to negative results and it's a consistent pattern you can pretty much count that as self sabotage yeah i would say so and i think the trick is because this is such tricky stuff when you're dealing with things that are unconscious because you can get so seduced by it and just be on autopilot and numb out and just kind of live in that area so um, it is definitely wor- working actively, I think, on an, on an everyday basis to, 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 to keep this in the forefront, to ask, to look at those behaviors, to sort of, I've, I've asked people sometimes to do a, a daily autopsy and people are like, what? And I'm like, look, your day is dead. You're never going to get it back. Um, how'd you do? What happened? What, you know, so, and, and so definitely people need to take the time, even if it's five minutes a day to sort of wake up and, and take a look at what's going on so they can uh, not only have this awareness, but also get in and try to tease some of this stuff out into our consciousness. So what else? So the other thing, uh, there's a couple of things to do and stop doing. Uh, one thing to stop doing, stop being frustrated with yourself and yeah. asking questions yeah. like, why do I always do this? And, I, sure. you know, it, it, when you're in that place, that serves to deny the fact that you are doing it. And if you're going to deal with it, if you're going to solve the problem of self-sabotage, stop marveling at the fact that you are self-sabotaging. And let's just look at it. And then once you go, okay, I self-sabotage. That's a step. That's a huge step in and of itself. And then, and then look at how you're seeing the world and, and what you're doing from the point of view of a part of me wants. To move in this direction. So, quick, quick example. Um, I help a lot of people who have um, rejection issues. It's like mm. they go around not feeling like they belong, outcast, feeling like other people are criticizing them, criticizing themselves, and so on and so forth. Really common issue. And when they realize that a part of them is moving toward rejection, because that's such a familiar place, and they're used to dealing it, they get a lot of self justice out of it and, and so on. 
then they start to go, okay, how am I moving toward it? And when you take that perspective, something really magical happens, which is you can go through a day with the attitude of today at some unconscious level, I'm looking for every opportunity that I can to experience rejection. Now, how am I doing that? So you walk into the office and a colleague walks by you and doesn't say hello, and you immediately feel rejected. It's like that is the point of view that you have that's creating the rejection. We have no idea what's going on with your colleague, what's going on in his or her life, nothing. There's no reason inherently to take that as a rejection, but we do. We text someone, they don't reply right away. Rejection. Uh, We sort of walk into a room full of people and immediately begin scanning for the people who don't like us, the people who are dressed better than we are, the people who have more status, whatever the case we're screening for rejection, and which is the same thing as unconsciously seeking it out. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's the evidence that we're looking for, and lo and behold, that's the evidence that we find. So when we step into that and go, wow, I'm doing this, I'm actually, I'm not even taking ownership of it. It's like I experience it passively as if it's just happening to me, but if I step into it and go, Some part of me is bent on rejection, and so I'm going to figure out how I'm doing it and take responsibility for it. Then you can begin to question it and say, do I need to do that? Uh, How did I learn to do this? Um, And you can get to a point where your awareness expands enough that you begin to have a choice about it and go, you know what, I'm tired of doing that. Yeah. (laughs) But until you You know you're doing it, you can't stop. Yeah, you have a conscious choice about it finally. So it, it truly is about teasing what is unconscious into your conscious, and it does take work. Now, you work with people to help them do this, don't you? I do. Um, uh, I, I do several things. Uh, principally, our, our business at the INLP Center is to train life coaches and so on and so forth. But I also have, because I'm constantly developing new material, I, I keep a small uh, practice where I coach people. Uh, who are interested, and it's really self-sabotage that is uh, the primary thing. That I, that's why people come to me. And I yeah, got this brilliant. self-sabotage, it's out of control, and, you know, what do I do? Right. So um, INLP Center uh, stands for? Uh, International uh, Neuro-Linguistic Pro- Programming, which is, you know, it's a model of communication skills and brief therapy techniques developed in the early 1970s and and in many ways it's kind of a counterculture movement but very popular in uh, mental health and life coaching for people to yeah that's great and so um the website is inlpcenter.org where people can find out more information about you um uh and you are blogging on psychcentral.com love that Yeah, this is such a fascinating, I think, subject, because I think, as you said, and it's near and dear to my heart, because I see it all day long uh, as a practitioner, and I don't think we need more information. You know, I've always said, I don't think, you know, information is really where it's at anyway. I think it's the understanding. It's facilitating the understanding. And if people can understand uh, more of this phenomenon, and the high percentage of it that is completely out of their control because they just don't know that it's going on, then it's it's like, well, just add that to your to-do list. It's not going to just be, aha, hey, you know, 
I'm I'm self sabotaging because this stuff is unconscious. Um, I think the to do list is I have to find a way uh, to help myself wake up and um, and see what's going on and and dig and tease out these unconscious things so they can become conscious so you can work with them. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know if the if if it's been a pattern for you, and for many of us, it's a pattern literally over decades, then there's some perspective or some piece that you're really, really missing about it. And that's where our model comes in, because most people, um, it's just absurd sounding that we would prefer, for any reason at all, something that's negative, or painful, um, but unconsciously, I'm sorry, that's what's going on. And as soon as you take ownership of that, that's a perspective, that's a paradigm that radically alters the entire approach to it that actually is very empowering when it, you know, when it comes down to it. Yeah, I love it. And I I see these other things that you've mentioned um, that people sort of are doing and that that they should be signs that they are self-sabotaging, worrying, obsessing, or or catastrophizing. Um, I see that quite a bit, you know, where this one issue continues to just just come up over and over and over again. And, you know, I've always said all we have is our projections, right? Because mm-hmm. that's all we have. We have the information inside of us that might be unconscious to us, and we project on our lives, on people all over the place, you know. And and I think, I think, also it's it's a way that folks can have, um, I think, just better relationships not only with other people in their environments, but themselves, if they really start to just understand, you know, where this comes from. One of the things that I've tried to get myself to do and also people um, in this process is, hey, why don't let's just get curious before we get critical. You know, let's ask some questions. Uh, You know, did you just interpret that email correctly? Um, Might you want to check in with that person before you fire back, uh, you know, insulting Kurt email. Uh, I, you know, I talk about that a lot with folks because it saves so much hurt and dismay and shame that perpetuates, I think, this numbing of feelings and unconsciousness. And so really great, important information. Thank you, Mike, so much for being here. Oh, it's it's been my pleasure. I've I've, I've really enjoyed it. So thanks for having me, Dr. Lucille. Yeah, and so people, there's, um, you have a video that folks can watch. Is that going to the inlpcenter.org? Yeah, the video, if you go to inlpcenter.org, um, you'll see a place where you can watch around a 20-some-odd 20, 20 minute video that is an introduction to self-sabotage. Um, it's called uh, The AHA Solution. and it, uh, AHA. The AHA Solution. Yeah, it's all about having an AHA moment, it's something that's never occurred to you before that's new information, and that's desperately what we need when it comes to uh, self-sabotage. Oh, 100%. All right, well, this is Mike Bundrant with me, folks, uh, helping us wake up better, use our minds. This is Mindful Medicine and Dr. Holly Lucille. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you next time.